Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the 9 to 5? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Welcome, 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 everybody. Thank you for joining us again today. Super pumped to be back. And uh, it's, been, it's been a long summer. We took some time off. But of course, we stagger our shows, you know, the release dates so that you guys don't even know that. But, you know, it's been a little while since Sandy and I have gotten together here. So, uh, so uh, we might be a little bit rusty. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Sandy, how's it, how are you? Rusty or maybe like completely rejuvenated. Rejuvenated. And, uh, yeah. One or the other. I guess we'll find out. I'm feeling out. good. Okay, good. You better be because you've, you've just been, you know, hanging out down there. I know it's probably pretty hot summertime, so. Well, you guys have been through summer too, so, you know, yeah. it's, it's all the same stuff. I think, we're, uh, I think, we're, I think we're fresh, refreshed and ready to roll. Absolutely. Um, everybody knows, go to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, download uh, all of the past episodes that we've done. And also, this is a great way to get in touch with everyone that we've done interviews with. If you find somebody particularly interesting or, um, you know, they share a lot of information that you maybe want to learn more about, most of the people that we've interviewed, they've left like really, you know, um, like even their phone numbers and emails for sure of ways to get in contact with them. So you can reach pretty much anyone that we've ever done an interview with right there in the show notes. So go to that and, uh, and get our free gift. Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And you can pick that up at breakthroughreapodcast.ca. And um, as well, when you do that, you, of course, jump on our email list and never miss a show and never miss uh, an update on what we got going on. And, um, and what is our free gift all about, Sandy? Like, I know we're going to touch on, we're going to go deep into that strategy today with Gary, our guest, who's here waiting with us. But um, what, what is the free gift? Well, it's really the foundational model of the 
the what's become known um, as the Burr strategy, which you know often gets uh, gets pretty you know talked about in a lot of ways around duplexes, triplexes, etc. Um, it could be for pretty much any type of project out there. It could be for a development type, the building, new builds, commercial, um, big, small, medium, multi-residential, um, all every, everything in between. There's there's variations of that to work towards all different models. So uh, it's really a good foundational piece, and then you can take that and run with it in whatever strategy you're really going to implement. Yeah, basically, it's a strategic guide on how to take a current property, whatever it may be. And renovating it or uh, changing the use of the building, yeah. you know, or, or increasing the value of it in one of those two ways, or maybe even more, and then uh, being able to like recapture some of that money that you've put into it, and then carry it on and, and put it into uh, other projects and continue. Right? It's all it's all about being able to keep going, you know, keep adding to your portfolio. Yeah, optimizing the current one, recycle, uh, getting it to its highest and best use, recycling that onto the next one. And that's how you really supercharge your portfolio. Exactly. And, you know, go over to iTunes, leave us a rating or review there. That helps. It helps us get great guests. It helps us reach more of an audience. So, you know, if you have a couple minutes, please go over and just leave us your thoughts. It's always helpful. Absolutely. What have you been up to, Sandy? What, how was summer? Um, hanging out, uh, around different places of Canada, to be honest, last month or so, did some cool, uh, trips out East coast. Um, so got to, uh, actually met with some great investors around, uh, Halifax, um, a bunch of places. It sounds like I was there forever. I was only there for like a little over two weeks, but, um, Halifax, Moncton, Fredericton, uh, Montreal, St. John's, Newfoundland. And then I mixed in some fun golf in Cape Breton. Um, but met with investors in all those towns uh, or cities, I should say for some of them. Uh, and it was, uh, it was really cool. I got to learn a little bit about the market out there um, and realized that we need to need to bring on some guests from these markets. St. John's Newfoundland is something we've yeah. never talked about. And I'd love to get some, uh, it was an interesting market, very different from anywhere I've seen in Canada uh, specifically there. Uh, and just interesting booming markets. Halifax is going crazy. So, well, at least it, it, you know, everyone's a little slower right now, but prior to the, the uh, the mid 2022 here, it was really booming. I think there's lots of growth there. So it'll be interesting. I think if anyone's listening and they want to um, uh, jump on our show and they think they can bring value from those those markets, I think that'd be a cool uh, cool show in the near future. For sure. Yeah, we want to reach all of Canadians, right? Mm-hmm. No matter which market you're in. So I'd love to hear from some of those markets as well. Um, was that an organized event or is that just you you just went traveling road trip? <laughs> It was a little bit of a, it started out as more just a, uh, it was going to be just a fun thing. The, the golf part was kind of the trigger for it. And then uh, in Cape Breton and then uh, parlayed that into doing, running some training sessions, um, partnering with some of the Keller Williams uh, brokerages in those areas and, uh, and just ended up making it a, a pretty eventful and active trip. Uh, and it was, it was, it was busy, but best part was really just connecting with um, other investors and not just investors real estate people you know um people that are doing cool things in those markets and uh yeah like i said i actually have some now that we're talking about this i have some great guests that we're going to line up i already they're coming to my mind right now um but if anyone else out there wants to be on i mean we'd love to have more content from those those areas because they're way different than southern ontario 
Um, but they've been experiencing almost South Ontario-like growth because of everyone departing from South yeah. Ontario, right? So it's they're all um, it's it's very interesting markets out there right now. They're experiencing things that they've never experienced, and it's uh, it's cool. And there's some unique investment opportunities, like the landlord tenant board and stuff is way different. You know, all of the Ontario folks love to complain about that. It's a lot different in uh, New Brunswick, for example. Um, there's a lot a little more landlords friendly. Maybe not the appreciation that we get uh, to benefit from, but there has been recently. So there's, yeah, there's some interesting differences there that, that I think we should explore further. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I personally know a bunch of people who, you know, live in Ontario, uh, but have been investing in, uh, in um, New Brunswick. St. John. Do- um, I know a lot of St. John. I've heard a lot of that. Or Moncton, I guess, too. Moncton, I think. Yeah, Moncton more. Yeah. But either way, you know, and I was looking at uh, um, some investments out there and then didn't pull the trigger on those. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely some interesting stuff. So yeah, if mm-hmm. uh, like Sadie said, if anyone's in those markets and wants to talk to us, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I sent you a link, Sandy. So we're going to put that in the show notes. But it's just um, we've got some cool. really cool container house builds. Um, just starting up here, like just got permits. So, um, and we've got the land. So that's going to start. It's already started basically, you know, the lots have been cleared, they've been prepped, but once the, um, now that we've got our permits, um, you know, it's going to happen a lot quicker now. So you've got the link, it's all just, uh, um, concepts, but you know, these are, these are really close to the beach in Playa Avianas. They're going to be gorgeous. So, uh, you know, anyone uh, who wants to check that out can go into the show notes and click the link and see what we're talking about. And these, the price points on these are American dollars? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, $399, which is a great entry-level price. Those are three bedrooms. So we sort of took a concept of something that I had seen in the area here that was two plus a den. And we uh, changed the design a little bit. So now we've got three full bedrooms. Um, yeah, I think they're gorgeous. And they really fit in with the jungle, like right, like they're they're covered yeah. in that beautiful uh, beautiful wood finish. So modern. Anyway, finish, we're excited about those. They look super cool. Those are uh, pretty cost effective. By the sound, I was I was expecting American because if that's it was Canadian, that seems too cheap. But uh, but it looks like some great deals. And uh, are you going to showcase any of that on your uh, tour there in the next couple months? Yeah, we will be. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, other properties where we have opportunities to maybe do some more and some other different development uh, um, opportunities. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got my eye on something else that I'm going to be showing everybody. Awesome. It'll be fun. And that, uh, you know, it's all, it's all sold out, but we've got our, uh, we've got our investor property tour in conjunction with Durham REI, and that is November 18, 1920, here in the Gold Coast, Canacaste, in Costa Rica, and uh, and it's going to be fun. We've got 22 investors coming now, so too many, I think, to be uh, touring properties, so it'll be a little bit easier to maybe do some of these development ideas where we can just all stand in a field and envision things. Awesome. together <laughs> we'll be seeing some cool uh airbnb rental properties too though sounds exciting wish i was going to be there i'll maybe the next one well um gary our guest is not going to be at that one but he was here recently and and visited uh, me down here so that was fun i uh, want to welcome gary to the show gary o'brien 
Hello, yeah. Um, nice to be here. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. I've actually been a, a longtime uh, listener of the podcast, and it's kind of uh, feels a little bit odd to be on the other side of the microphone here <laughs> for uh, for this episode. But um, thank you very much, Rob, for that uh, time in Costa Rica. Uh, you're very kind uh, in terms of taking us around and showing some some properties there. Um, we wanted to go to Costa Rica for a vacation. I wanted to go for the property viewing, so we kind of it was a nice balance. So I kind of snuck a day in there to to do that. So thank you very much. Well, it was fun, and we hung out a bit too. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Oh, how can you not? There with the the beach and the restaurants, beachside. There it was fantastic. It was great. Yeah, awesome. Well, welcome to the show, uh, Gary. You and your wife Karen. You've been investing in real estate since 2014. A uh, little background on you here that I have. You've been worked. You used to work in the film and television industry for 23 years as a 3D animator, and uh, also uh, part-time teaching at a college level. And uh, years ago, realizing that the nine-to-five will not provide enough for your retirements, like a lot of people end up realizing, and you started seeing friends and neighbors get involved in real estate. You knew real estate was something to add to the bigger picture. Obviously, you got involved in that, and uh, the Burr method, private lending, uh, seem to be seem to be your uh, your strategies of choice. And uh, we're going to talk a lot bit about about that today. Some some of your second suite conversions. Uh, you remember Durham REI, listener, reader, and of real estate podcast books, like you mentioned, and uh, a real student of the investment real estate world. And as someone not from real estate investing background, you hope to inspire those that think real estate is only for full-time agents and brokers. So it's time to think again. And uh, hope to hear a lot more about that on the show here. Welcome again. Yeah, thank you. Yes. So Gary, 2014, take us back there. How do you get started (laughs) in real estate investing? Well, uh, yeah, like, I mean, as as someone that isn't in the real estate business, I mean, in terms of full-time thing, I, I still work in film and TV. I'm, I'm a 3D animator and, uh, and computer animation. And uh, so, you know, for, for us, it was a very much of a different thing. We saw friends and neighbors and stuff that uh, were getting into real estate. And we thought, wow, like that's, that's really interesting and how they're making it work for them in terms of the, the bigger picture, right? So we actually had a, a neighbor where we used to live and, um, she was a bank manager at a, one of the banks and uh, she, her and her husband had a, a rental property. Um, and it was, I guess the, the tenant was the Ontario government because they were, I guess for, um, it was a, a house that was providing services for, for those that really had physical challenges and stuff like that. So it was done through the government and, you know, very predictable um, rental payments every month. Right. So that always stuck with me. Plus also with um, some friends of mine from years ago, they did the duplex conversion, you know, the, maybe it was the Burr method before it was called the Burr method way back when. And that always kind of stuck with me, right? So we always knew that um, getting into real estate would really be beneficial. And uh, so when we saw, I guess when we thought that we were ready for this, when, you know, we got established in the house and moved to this new place, um, let's look into this. So we did, and we started, we saw these uh, Oshawa townhouses back in 2014 and, uh, you know, back then they were only 233,000, I think they were selling for. And, uh, at the time we were kind of like, Oh my God, like it's very scary to do this and very daunting. Right. Looking back now, I wish I bought 10 of them if I could, you know, but, but uh, back then you don't know. And, um, so we kind of, we were going to do it. 
and then we're we're seeing all these uh the 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 lot it was brand new construction I should say and we saw these lots being gobbled up by each invet or each person buying them there's only like six lots left we're like oh my gosh so we talked to our neighbor who was our, our our former neighbor I guess and um she was on vacation so we had to wait a few more days and we we're kind of getting all you know <laughs> antsy about buying these uh, buying this uh, townhouse so she came back from vacation we called her right away and said listen we're thinking about buying this townhouse do the numbers work for us and she's just like buy it just go out and buy it go get it right so she's like we'll make the numbers work we'll make it happen don't worry just go get it right so that was the confidence that we needed and uh we you know we jumped in the car with a checkbook that like within 30 seconds of that call and ran down to the uh the sales office and we did it and we were kind of like wow okay now we have an extra this extra property to our name that we're totally not used to right and it was very out of our comfort zone and um and then I figured, oh, uh, I better learn how to be a landlord now. Like if we're renting this, how do I do that? And that's the whole, you know, Durham REI that came around for me and reading the books and learning all that stuff. So um, it's been uh, it's been quite a ride. Um, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, we, we, we don't have the biggest portfolio. I'm sure that people like I applaud those that have like the 30, 50, 100 properties and stuff. That's fantastic. We're growing at a rate that is like at a, at a pace that's manageable for us. And that's why we um, we've been buying one every other year because we, we do a renovation. Um, the way it's worked for us has been uh, using the B lender instead of and then uh, flipping it over to an A lender a year later. So within that year, we renovate it, we find tenants and then, um, you know, that year comes up and then we switch over to an A lender. So uh that's how we've been kind of working it. And that's why we've got three pro five units over three properties for now. And, but we still continue to grow. We're still looking and, and looking at other options and, uh, and trying to just grow that business. So we're going to dig deeper into the individual properties, uh, the, the next two um, in a minute, but like, what are the big things that have stood out to you so far? The big things well, in talking to real estate, I think, and, and me coming from an, a, a creative background in terms of animation and art and all that kind of stuff, um, uh, an artistic background, I, I always found real estate, or at least my impression of it years ago, was this, you either like rent a place or you flip it. That's it. Whereas over the years, you've learned like how creative real estate can really be. Like the different strategies are mm -hmm. amazing. Um, the the Burr strategy, flipping houses, vendor takebacks, uh, rent to own, Airbnb, Airbnb arbitrage, which I thought was amazing when I first found out about that. Um, private lending, joint ventures. When you're working outside of the banks, you can it can be as open as you want it to be, and you can strike whatever deal works for uh, everyone involved to make it a win-win. So um, within reason, obviously, but you know it, it's uh, it's quite something. It gets uh, quite creative. Um, also, two other things that stand out are building your team, the people that you surround uh yourself with uh to help accomplish the next investment is huge um you got to really be able to know uh how to make friends fast especially in a like for us we we tried a, a different market and uh and yeah like not knowing the town not knowing the area we really had to kind of make some friends fast and uh get to know people and who can do what and and delegate and all those kinds of things um you got to trust your gut um, in, in regards to that, I mean, like, as an example, 
when to hire, when to fire, right? So be be slow to hire someone, but be fast to fire them if, if need be. Uh, we, we went through that with um, one contractor for the, the Oshawa duplex where first couple of weeks in, we were talking about getting egress and, you know, all these kinds of things put in. And it's like he was bringing the wrong window or he was charging us way more like double for the half of the amount of drywall and taping to be done or taping not being done, you know, and we're kind of adding it up and we're going, this is not working. And so within two weeks of, we thought we found our contractor to help us. Um, we had to let him go. You have to make decisions like that to, to make, to go forward. Right. Cause you know, a few more weeks of that could have really set us back. Right. So we, we try to keep those kinds of things in mind. Um, Knowing when to get a second opinion always helps. So making sure that you're not just getting one in, uh, quote, get a few of them, kind of compare them to each other. Uh, that's always um, a huge benefit too, because that way you can kind of gauge things better. And, you know, some contractors may come in and quote you a job that is like way beyond or way more than what it needs to be. Whereas another one might come in and say, no, no, you just need that. And that is fine. Like that small job. And you're, you know, you're not paying for this huge extravagant thing. You're just paying for something that was a much smaller scale in terms of the same fix. So those kinds of things are, are important. And then um, software, some of the software that's out there now that makes things easier in terms of all the screening tenants and running your systems and stuff like that. I found that uh, really helpful along the way too as well and that's all out there to you know to test and try out and then um last but certainly not, not least i would say that uh mentoring and and coaching um that's important to get that because you you really need a sounding board or someone that you can kind of go back to to say this is not what i'm used to how would you handle this and i think um the mentoring and coaching to help guide you through the process is, uh, I think that's necessary. I think that's, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah, um, the big thing that I'm taking away from this is uh, the gut, right? And I think that that's really important that people tune into that because you'll know, you'll know whether you're meshing with a contractor, right? Like in, in, your, in your case, like when something just doesn't seem right, you know, it's, it's usually good to, to take a step back and go, okay, is it? Because I've worked with a lot of contractors over the years and, and some, you know, you can just, you can tell that they know what they're doing, like the ease in which they get things done. You know, there's a flow to their work. They understand what's going on. It's not like there's not a mess everywhere, you know, and the numbers make sense when you look at what the, what, what things cost. So when these things don't feel right, you know, it's probably because they're not. So right. I like. That. I mean, yeah, for sure. That, that's that's huge. I, <laughs> I remember one of the plumbers I spoke to. Just as a quick story, I I, I spoke to one of the plumbers, uh, and uh, he quoted me like uh, such a big job tearing up floors and stuff. I was like, I was almost like like gutted in terms of of worry and stress. Like it it put a lot of on me. I think I forgot my wife's birthday that week almost because of it. I just couldn't sleep. You know, it was just like, it was, yeah, it was that's kind why. of daunting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was daunting. It was quite, it was the, the heaviness of just like, oh my God, what am I into here? Like not expecting this. Cause this was, that was our, our first uh, uh, duplex conversion that we did. And um, 
that one was a bit more scary. And uh, yeah, we kind of thought, oh boy, what are we into here? You know what I mean? But um, after finding the right person and um, afterwards, we ended up getting a contractor that I still work with uh, now. In fact, I just spoke to him the other day um, and uh, he came in uh, and, and worked on the job for us. Uh, he, he can do you know quite a bit of everything, really. He's quite good and skilled. And um, he was instrumental in, in moving us forward and getting us to the finish line on time. Right. So that was that was good. I mean, I can. I'm pretty handy. I can do some of the jobs and some of the work as much as I can handle. But uh, some things, yeah, I could probably do it, but I'd rather pay someone who can do it quicker, cleaner and has, you know, the, the, the right tools for the right job. And I think that's huge, important in terms of like uh, moving forward and progressing and, and, you know, meeting your targets, because if not, you can waste a lot of time and time is money. Right. So. And lastly, before we move on to the next uh, subject, um, as far as the software goes, is there anything that you've found that stood out for you, like that's a good resource you want to share? Yeah. Um, lately, I've been using, uh, well, I'm actually screening tenants right now for um, one of the units, and I'm going back to uh, using Rentify again. So I've been using that one, and that's a, a good sort of tenant screening um, software for for the financials for the banking, which is which is great. That's been very useful. Uh, and now I'm I'm switching from one to another. I, I think I'm going to uh, try single key for the tenant screening part, credit checks, and all those kinds of things, right? To collect all the information online. So I'm going to try them this time. I've been using another one, but I don't know if they're even still in business anymore. Without maybe naming them, but you know, I just. Uh, I, I'm going to switch it to something new and try something new here. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try that. But, I mean, that's just one of many. I also, uh, I'm a member of the um, uh, Front Lobby, which is the uh, Landlord Credit Bureau, uh, which is, you know, one of the tools that we can have as landlords, you know, that, that help us. Um, and also, uh, what was the last one there? Um, Tenant Cloud I've also kind of worked with, too, as well. And all these are just kind of, like, trying to keep your systems in place, right? And it, it helps that way because systems are everything when you're running different uh, properties at different times and, you know, everything's happening. So a good way to keep track of all that is using the software so that I open up one, one account, I guess you could say, and all I need is right there in front of me. So I, I try and use that stuff as much as possible. Uh, awesome. Rob, you don't know yet, but we're going to have some on from Front Lobby um, in the next little bit. Uh, that should be a good, good conversation. So um, software makes, I mean, it can make things a lot easier if you're using the, using the right tools. So thanks for mentioning it. Um, talk to us about how you plan out your Burr conversions, what that process looks like. Um, if you can, let's go from right before you close on the property, after you close, and then after renovations and tenanted and, and kind of those three phases. Can you take us through what that's looked like for you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what I'll talk about is that our latest uh, property that we finished earlier this year. Um, and I got to say, I, to be like open and transparent here, I wasn't even sure, um, like knowing the numbers and the interest rates that we're dealing with right now, uh, this property that we bought in Chatham, it like six months ago, this thing was a perfect burr. It was cash flowing like crazy. It was doing really well. 
And it was, I would call that a successful, uh, you know, uh, reno, a successful investment that we had. Now with these interest rates, I'm kind of like, oh my God, like it's killing the cash flow. And I'm thinking to myself, Rob and Sandy won't want me on the show if, if I don't have something that's totally a success, right? But then I had to kind of reframe my mind about this because, um, and my wife is good at this kind of stuff too. And she was kind of like, we we're talking about it and, and we we're saying how, no, th this is the value in it. Like this is the struggle that investors are having. And um, in, in that regard, it's good to talk about these kinds of things to get them in front of us to know that, yeah, we're all tackling this uh, new market that we're in um, across the board. So um, I thought, no, no, it, there's value in talking about this too, even though it's uh, the cash flow isn't as strong as it once was, um, we should talk about it. So, you know, we all look like geniuses five years ago when we bought these properties, but now here's where the, the rubber meets the road. And now we have to kind of navigate through all the weeds here. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a good process to go through, but uh, I'm hoping, you know, this time next year, maybe two years from now, we're all sitting all, you know, pretty again in terms of our, our situations, but um, in terms of the property itself, the Chatham property was, uh, yeah, if I break it down into like closing on it um, in terms of the, and then the uh, after we close and then after we finish the renovations, um, leading up uh, to the closing. So we found this property on the MLS last summer. So for those that can't or say that you can't find an MLS deal, you can. Well, um, quick question, if I can interrupt you real sure. quickly. This is in Chatham, right? This is a market you're not familiar with. Why are you looking right. there in the first place? Um, well, we kind of we kind of got uh, sort of some information about Chatham. Uh, we are actually going to be buying something down there with another <clears throat> investor who was building purpose-built duplexes there, or secondary suites they call them there. So we actually got exposed to Chatham then, probably almost a year earlier. And uh, we found out some of the things that are happening in Chatham and, and what's going on there. So we thought, okay, the prices, you can't ignore the, the prices down there. They're, they're quite a lot different from the GTA. And yet their um, rental rates are still strong. So that was enough for us to kind of say, hey, we got to look at Chatham. So we kind of okay. got exposed to it a year before. And that's why we kind of kept an eye on it. And then that's when we saw this MLS uh, listing and we, we, um, we jumped at it. So, uh, what my, like, we were looking at it like on the Thursday, I think we saw it and Hey, this came up and we're looking at it and it's got the, the ceiling height in the basement. It had uh, big windows for egress. It had the back entrance into the basement and it already had like a bathroom, a fireplace, a bedroom down there. I was like, Oh my God, this is all, this could be an easy, or we're hoping to be an easy renovation. So, um, we looked at it online. I called up about it on the Thursday, Friday, uh, called the town and just asked about the zoning right away. Cause that's, you know, one of your main things that could be an obstacle if you don't have the right zoning. So they got back to me, um, that day. And, uh, I kind of, <laughs> I was saying that if you don't mind kind of hurrying with the information, because we were planning going to the, uh, open house the next day on the Saturday. So they got back to us and said, yes, it can be rezoned as a, uh, secondary suite. So once I found that out, it was like, let's move forward with this. And so we went down on a Saturday and for us, it's a four hour drive. And um, so we went down there and took a look at the open house. Yes, there were other people looking at it. So we kind of thought, ooh, 
you know, we might have to be in a bidding war here. So we thought, let's play our strongest card. Um, and if we get it, we get it. If we don't, we move on. We look at something else, right? So um, we, our real estate agent, we put our bid in and our, uh, like, a, it was, it was 420 they're asking, 419 they're asking for, but that was way under under uh, the market value. That was just to bring in the bidding war, right? The real value of it was probably about maybe 460 something, I, I'm guessing, in terms of comparables. So we kind of thought, oh boy, okay, we don't have any financing ready. We don't have, we're buying this kind of like on the spot, not fully prepared to do so, right? And uh, we thought, well, let's go ahead and we'll try. We've been kind of somewhat getting prepared for a, buying a, making a purchase. So we were kind of not officially there, but we were on our way there. And so, um, so on the Saturday, we went to the open house Sunday, we thought, okay, let's put a bid in. And even then our, our bit of, uh, we, we had to, we didn't have financing. It was conditioned upon financing. So we thought we have to kind of beef up our, our, uh, offer. So, um, so we said 475 and, um, our, our real estate agent even told us like, well, the house next door, the exact same model went for 495 last month. And uh, so don't expect to be getting this. And sure enough, on the Sunday, we got the call. Congratulations, you just bought a house. It was just that one week in August where everyone went on vacation. COVID rules were kind of loosening up. Everyone wasn't thinking about real estate at the time. So mm -hmm. we ended up getting this. And um, so it's like, okay, wow, now we have to do something about it. <laughs> so we have to convert it to a secondary suite. So, um, so all that time you can do a lot in between that final, you know, purchasing until closing. Right. So we got all our drawings done in terms of, uh, before closing, we got all our drawings for the secondary suite, um, design. And, um, so we would, su we submitted, uh, getting that ready for submission on closing day or the next business day of closing day. Right. And in that time, I'm already calling all the local drywall electricians, all the trades and stuff that I would need to have them in there and just seeing what their schedules are like in the coming weeks, months that when I think we're going to be needing them. In the meantime, I'm scheduling everything out on. Um, I also use like uh, I use Microsoft OneNote just as a way to keep my laptop and my phone updated. So if I'm at home, I can update all the contacts of in this new market. Um, and also I can do it when I'm in Home Depot, I can just do it on my phone too. So it updates on either end, right? Which is pretty handy. So um, that was good. And then, so I, in the meantime, I'm calling all these trades and then it comes to closing day. And then closing day, obviously you, you know, we, um, we have the plans all drawn up. We go through all the lawyers and I'm sourcing materials and stuff. And then uh, putting the systems in place. And then as we close on the property, that Monday morning, I went to the town or submitted my paperwork for the work permits. And, and then knowing I have about, it took about three weeks for the permits to come back. And uh, so in those three weeks after closing, my uh, our plan was, I, I went down there Monday to Friday and uh, worked on the house and came home on the weekends. So uh, maybe not everybody was willing to do it, but I was in terms of, you know, and that was definitely hard to do in terms in regards to being away from the family um, Monday to Friday for probably about four months. Right. But to do it, we had to do it. So, um, so I was 
tearing down the ceilings in the basement, knowing that that all that was going to get redone. So that was my main objective to kind of, again, while I'm waiting for uh, work permits to come in, I have about three weeks to get things ready uh, for that to happen. And then we actually had a vacation booked uh, to St. Lucia during that time. And we thought, well, do we cancel it? Do we keep it going? You know, what do we do here? Right. So we thought, no, no, let's do it. We're waiting for the work permits to come in. Let's just go and enjoy. Right. So we did. And uh, I know taking a vacation during a renovation isn't the, you know, isn't always everybody's uh, thing, but we, we managed to do it. And then that week was the week that the permits were coming in. But the thing is, um, there was adjustments to the work permit. I thought, oh, no. But I got the emails while I was on vacation. And I was like, oh, okay, how am I going to do this, right? So it ended up being um, the front or the, the entrance way to the, uh, the basement needed to be reworked it wasn't quite what they wanted in, in regards to soundproofing and fireproofing in it right for the rating so uh that <laughs> i took care of that as a phone call on the beach and that was kind of funny because it was like here i am on vacation the beach is like 40 feet away and i'm talking about this to the inspector about editing our drawings here so i thought hey i can kind of get used to this this is kind of nice you know so um anyway it all got worked out and back and forth with the the new set of drawings which i had uh, drawn up so i just would sort of relay the message back to the to the person editing them and then uh all went through so by the time we got back from vacation i had the work permits ready to go and they got delivered and all was good and once that happened it was you know we we're ready to start moving so in in that time it's renovation it's getting the you know i've already booked the electrician to come in a certain day uh i know i've got plumbing and you know my handyman that's coming in to do the work and all that kind of thing right so i try to use as much um local uh trades in chatham and uh but i also had my own handyman that was willing to come down and, and you know stay for a few days to to do the work too which was totally handy it was fantastic for for that you know instrumental so um so that would be like in, in getting all those trades lined up again calendars um i have it all charted out as to when i think things should be happening and windows of opportunity because sometimes like for instance the drywaller only had two weeks in january to make this happen right so i was like oh okay i'll get everything ready on my end for that window after that it, i had to wait five months so those kinds of things are, are important to kind of queue up all the things that you need to. And um, so getting closer and closer to uh, finishing this project. And again, it wasn't a huge uh, reno. We were keeping a lot of it because the basement was pretty much like it was a nice basement as it was. We were adding a new bedroom and redoing or putting in a kitchen. So and then, you know, I guess, you know, reworking the entrance. So it wasn't like, like a, a huge amount. But it was enough to say that, you know, it's going to take several months to do. So um, so once we we got to the end of the reno, it was time to tenant it. Right. So after the renovations, tenanting the, the property, I found it to be actually a bit more of a challenge. Um, it was I'm used to, you know, in Oshawa in terms of population and all that kind of stuff. I know that out of one out of every however many phone calls I take about the place, I know that there's a certain ratio there that would be a qualified tenant that would be a good fit. Whereas I just found um, in a different market, it was a, it was just taking a little bit longer to get that qualified tenant. And um, 
and even then we let the first month go like we had to cover the first month of a vacant property but i'd rather wait for the right person in the right fit than just put anybody in there and because that's easy but then it might come back to bite you in a year from now right so that's why i always thought well okay we came in under budget we came in on time in terms of the reno i can afford to maybe just wait for that right person to come around and so we covered the mortgage for i think an extra one one or two months before we found the the right people to take on those um the the tenancy there and they've been fantastic so it's all been working out pretty good the only thing that's not working is the interest rates <laughs> we can do something about that what was the time of year that you were renting that out uh what, what this month? was we finished it in I'd say early March, we finished the renovations. So I had um, by April, I believe I had the top floor rented. And then by sort of late May, I had the bottom rented. So it took a bit of time, but well worth it. So, so from what I'm getting is you, you're doing all the property management yourself. You're doing the general contractor work yourself. Why did you decide uh, to do it, that? Yeah. Especially when you're, you know, like you said, four hours away, why did you decide to continue to do it that way? Um, well, I guess, cause we had the experience from the first uh, duplex conversion and that was kind of scary. Whereas this one seemed a lot easier. It, everything kind of fell into place a bit better for this one. Um, I guess with the experience, but also it wasn't as big of a job either. So, um, so yeah, I tried to do as much as I could knowing um, I'm going to be down there from Monday to Friday and I'm still working full-time and part-time like um, mm -hmm. full-time at my nine to five job. And then also my, uh, my teaching part-time as well that I do. So, you know, it's amazing what you can get done after hours and on weekends, you know, if need be right. And even before when, before the day starts, you know, if, you, if you're up early enough. So um, I just, I know I wanted to do uh, as much of the work myself as I can. Um, again, getting to know the market, getting to know what's down there. I thought maybe being down there might be better for at least, at least for a short period of time, but then just as the project and we, you know, again, we came in on time in terms of finishing it. Um, it was just good to be down there and knowing the trades and keeping an eye on things. I felt more comfortable about that instead of having it handed off totally to someone else. Well, I think one of the other interesting things is um, that you had said sort of the idea that, hey, if I'm not like the guru, maybe Sandy and Rob aren't going to want to have, have me on there for the interview. But like this is the kind of real talk that we've set out right. to do right from the beginning. Like we, Sandy and I, I don't know, Sandy, if you remember this or not, but I, I, and I can't even remember who it was we were talking to, but, you know, we always want to go, okay, what challenges have you run into, you know, and have the person give us a real answer so that people can learn from it. I don't want, we, we've actually had a guest where they said, mm, no, not, no challenges so <laughs> far. Everything's any. been great, it, yeah. you know, oh God. <laughs> and just like, okay, all right. Um, next question, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so, so from your point of view, then, when you looked at this, obviously, from the beginning and had a good idea of what it would refinance for after you had changed the use into two uh, legal two unit and then how much cash flow it was going to get, 
and you th- and you saw, okay, it's going to be a little lower. But why then would you, and here's the practical information that we're looking for, why then is this still a good deal? Why do you decide to continue and, and say, yes, we're going to go for this? Um, well, I mean, it's long-term. Like we're, we're in it for the long haul. I'm not going to be you know, um, offloading this property anytime soon. So for me, I see the, the, the bigger picture long-term. Uh, yes, all the numbers worked out. In fact, it was called a, a you know, a home run by, right. you know, people in the industry and all that kind of, when I gave them the numbers, that is a home run. And, um, but the way the market just has shifted, uh, you know, it's evaporated almost all the cash flow. And, uh, so right now it's about keeping it going and keeping it still operating and, um, knowing that hopefully in two years time, I've been hearing 2024 when things are going to be, the interest rates are going to be coming down again. So I'm hoping that it gets, uh, it improves our situation in, in the coming year or two. Well, in the long term, it, there is always appreciation, you know, in right. the long term. So to put it into perspective, we've, we've had different people on there who, who would, who would, you know, put it like this, like there are people that take $500 a month and put it into an education fund for their kids. Like this is essentially the same thing, except for you're earning a little bit of money off of it. And then you've got appreciation and uh, you've got mortgage pay down happening all at the same time. Right. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And then you can, you can see the the different uh, pillars of wealth, I guess, that you can, that you can build upon when you have a property like this for the long term, right? Um, yeah, okay, you know, we're in a bit of a rough spot here for uh, the way our, our housing market is going for um, the, the values and the interest rates that we're dealing with right now. But um, that'll change. That's not forever. It's, it's going to be better soon or, you know, in the coming year or two, whatever. So uh, I know we have to ride this out. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll do that and we'll get back into a better position soon. I mean, it's interesting because when you look at, um, you know, the prospect of being a real estate investor years ago, one might have thought of it as, okay, you buy a single family home and you rent it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now our strategies have changed because of the way that the market turned and the, and the, and the extra profits that could be made by doing these different strategies. But I mean, you know, now maybe with the market shift like this, you look at, okay, I'm going to buy a single family home, affordable price. The rents are still high. So now maybe this works again. Like, you know, it's just, it's just about shifting mindset with the change in the market, right? Like there's always something creative that can be done in order to make this profitable. That's my opinion. Yeah. I'm hoping that we're going to get to this kind of in the future, we're going to get to that sweet spot where I'm, I'm hoping this is happening, but with our softening of the, of the market pricing, right. And then with the interest rates, yes, they are high right now. Then if they can kind of come down at a certain point and maybe there's going to be a, some happy medium, I think there's going to be opportunity out there for sure. I think there's, mm-hmm. there's always an opportunity in pretty much any market um, finding it. Okay. That might be a bit more challenge, but uh, they're out there. I just wanted to mention something now that I, I'm just thinking of it. You, you've this is like sort of off topic of real estate, but you've had a little bit of um, like sort of almost like 
fame and success with your paintings that you've been doing. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I can talk about that if you want, like just quickly. Well, it's but, interesting, uh, right? Like um, you did this fantastic painting of Gord Downey. Yeah. And it's been yeah, getting yeah. a lot of attention. Yeah, well, um, I did this painting uh, back in the beginning of the pandemic, I guess, or finished it in late late 2020. And uh, just I'll keep this brief, but um, yeah, it, it got it, I released the image online, social media, and all that kind of thing, and it went bananas. It was just crazy. It it had like um, like three million views on LinkedIn alone, kind of thing, not counting Facebook or, or uh, Instagram or anything like that. It garnered so much attention. Uh, uh, this portrait of Gord Downey, the lead singer of the, the Tragically Hip, um, that Gord Downey's brother and um, the Tragically Hip management both contacted me that weekend. And they were like, uh, hey, Gary, nice job. Um, we have to work together on this, right? And I was like, oh, wow, okay, great. So I, I was talking with Mike Downey and um, Gord's brother, and he was telling me uh, some stories and stuff like that, which was really entertaining and really good to hear. And then at the end of the conversation, he was saying how, uh, you know, Gary, you, you kind of broke the rules here a bit. And I was like, what do you mean? I, I'm trying to do all the right things in terms of setting all this up and, you know, doing what we do, right? And he says, no, 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 not in that way. He goes, a lot of people send me artwork of Gord and, uh, you know, I see that I see it all, he says. And he goes, I, you know, the eyes are quite not right there, not quite there. And the mouth is a little bit off and all this kind of stuff. But he goes, when I look at yours, he says, uh, yours is perfect. Yours is special. He said, you you nailed it. He goes, uh, that is my brother. And uh, I want one for my own home. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was just amazing. I had like goosebumps, like just like listening to him. You know what I mean? Just uh, that was, that was like, it went right to the source. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it that's amazing. amazing. We should that, put that the, uh... it's been quite a ride. We should put the link for just yeah. so people can see it. We'll put the sure link if you want to. Yeah, Gary O'Brien. Yeah, Gary O'Brien fineart.com. Right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, go check that out. I love that painting. Super cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, back to the real estate stuff, I guess. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Sandy, you you're waiting on me. You're waiting on me. Sorry. <laughs> I was looking at the art. Oh, you're in there? Oh, <laughs> you okay, the, do you see the painting? Yeah, I was checking it out. Yeah. Um, well, where did we leave off? Let's talk about, uh, did we talk about your Q&A event, live Q&A event? No. Oh, not yet. Yeah. Um, on that. Sure. Yeah. This, this is, a, this is something I want to do. And, and again, I'm, I'm guessing I'm talking more so to the, uh, the newer investors, those that are looking for their first, second or third property. Right. And, um, the purpose of this is, is to kind of, let's get some, generating some discussion about this because i feel a lot of people think that they can't or oh i don't work in the industry the real estate industry that means i i'm, I'm not going to be buying properties over but guess what you can like i don't work in the industry either but i i've made this happen you know what i mean like i continue to do so so if i can kind of help out in that regard i'd really like to host um a, a, a q a i'm calling it a town hall where people can come in with their questions with their opinions or maybe some of their expertise as well. And uh, let's discuss, let's generate, let's, um, let's try and, uh, you know, for those who think they can't do it, let's, let's make sure that no, open up the doors. Let's, let's make this happen. I think you can, if you think you're, you know, you're the, the money or the time is constrained um, knowing how to do renovations or, or where you live, you think is too expensive or something like that. Not familiar with um, borrowing from the bank or whatever the excuse is. Yeah. 
let's tackle it. Let's come to some solutions here and, and uh, knowing how to pull out equity, um, buying in another town that, you know, just because you don't live in that town doesn't mean you can't buy in another town that covers where you live, you know, and you're investing and growing uh, that other property. Um, talking with your bank about HELOCs and, you know, the paperwork involved and, and private lending and all those kinds of things. Let's, let's bring it out in the open and uh, let's talk about that. I, I'm, I'm picking October 17th. I haven't fully started uh, anything official because I'm not sure about when this will be aired, but I'm hoping October 17th would work. And yeah, I, I think this will be out in uh, in like a week soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah this is just play. a okay. An informal discussion. Um, bring your ideas, and uh, I don't want to be the only one talking. I'm hoping everyone can add and and really you know help give value to the discussion. So uh, they can email me for uh, any info, and I'll send out a link to anybody that wants an invite. Okay. Great. And where do they? And where do they? Uh, where do they email you or how do they get in touch for this? You can get in touch with me, uh, gkhouseinfo at gmail.com. gkhouseinfo at gmail.com. That'll be yep. in the show notes. Uh, we got to wrap up here. Um, but uh, Gary, is that the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can uh, email me or uh, I'm also on Instagram under gkhouseinvest. Um, so, yeah, gkhouseinvest. Okay. <sighs> GK House Invest. Yeah. Got it. And that's on Instagram. Okay. That's Instagram handle. Yeah. Perfect. And these will be in the show notes, guys. So you'll be able to get in touch with Gary and be part of his live event. Awesome, Gary. Thanks for sharing all this today. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. I love when we dive deep on that because there's details there that sometimes we don't get a chance to go through with, with, with other guests. So that was awesome. Appreciate it. I agree. A hundred percent. Thank you. Great. Um, okay. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Sandy at freedomreps.com uh, or look me up on social medias and uh, connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Awesome. Me too. All those social media things. I don't even know my handles for most of them, but I think if you just put in my name, uh, I'll come up and, or you can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Thanks everyone for joining us again. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.